Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the podcast. I'm Don McDonald. Glad you could be here again. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Please tell friends, relatives, acquaintances, everybody. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or hit the heart button on Spotify or favorite it or something on Pandora. We're on, I think we're on Pandora. So anyway, check it out. And remember, you can call in your questions to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or you can send them in at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. Just hit the contact form. You can also find lots of other cool stuff at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can even set up an appointment with one of our advisors, and there's no obligation and no hard sales pitch. We just like to help people. Because we find if we help everybody, we end up getting more clients. You'd think other firms would do that too, but they don't because they're too short-sighted. But anyway, today's program is a uh, phone-in Friday. We have a lot of calls and a lot of answers to the calls and a lot of interesting surprises with the calls. And so we're just doing calls. That's all we're doing. And we're just going to get started with this one right here. Hey, Tom and Don, this is James. Uh, love the show. Uh, listen to the podcast every time it's available. I just have a question on uh, Paul Merriman's two fund strategy with the uh, target date fund and the small cap value. I just don't quite understand it. I don't know if you guys could explain it better because um, I was always under the impression that you should only use the target date fund specifically in your portfolio. You shouldn't mix and match. Um, I'm 43 years old. I won't need the money until 65 approximately. My risk tolerance is pretty high. I understand the ups and downs of the market, so that doesn't scare me. But I just didn't know, you know, what percentages to throw in the small cap value. You know, and as I get older, should I lower the percentages of that? I just have, you know, a lot of questions about that. If you could uh, address that for me, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Well, rather than have me try to explain what Paul Merriman is thinking, why don't we hear directly from him? Hey, James, Paul Merriman here. No, not the golden tones of Don McDonald. But the guy who helped develop the two funds for life that you've asked the question about, and Don was kind enough to get a hold of me and ask if I would be willing to help. Would I? You bet. So, let me respond to your question. As I understand it, 43 years old, and just to make the math real easy for how I'm going to explain this to you, I want to pretend you're 40, okay? So, 40 years old, want to retire, and maybe when you're 65, 
and um, and you want to use a target date fund. You want to use a mutual fund that allows you to have your money managed to be the correct amount of risk for your age so that as you get closer and closer to retirement that the managers add more and more fixed income. And, of course, that means also they want to have the right amount of equities in your portfolio when you're young. So it's it's an amazing service. And when you figure that at somebody firm like Vanguard, you can get that for 15 one-hundredths of 1% a year, boy, I mean, that's a bargain. And they don't just take care of your money until you're 65. If you want them to keep doing it, they keep doing it until you die. Now, that's the good news. And, of course, you want to be in an index-based target date fund that helps keep those uh, expenses low, and it, and it eliminates or minimizes the turnover, any of the costs of making changes in the portfolio. There are all sorts of reasons. You've heard them from Don. You've heard them from Tom about why to use uh, index funds. And obviously, no-load funds. Do all the things in your best interest. But there's one thing that you don't get if you use, for example, a Fidelity or a, a Vanguard target date fund. You don't get much exposure to small cap value. And by the way, it's, a, it's two separate things. You don't get much exposure to small cap, and you don't get enough exposure to value. You do have inside of both Fidelity and the Vanguard target date funds, great exposure to large cap growth, some exposure to large cap value. And they'll even say that, well, we have some small cap value in our portfolio, but it's so minimal, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, literally, literally does not change the needle in the return that you get. The good news is, with just an ounce of work, and I'm, I'm talking just a, a few minutes a year, you could set up an account at Vanguard, put your money into the target date fund at Vanguard, but take a piece of it. Take a piece of it and put it into, for example, a small cap value fund. Or if you want to be more conservative, a large cap value fund. If you really want to be all large cap, a large cap value fund should help you. And then what you do is you can either put that amount in and don't rebalance or do anything. Just keep putting in a certain percentage, like, like you might use 90% into the target date fund and 10% into the small cap value fund. You could do that. But you made a comment in posing your question about the necessity to reduce your risk as you get closer to retirement. That's what the target date fund is about. And if you put 10% into small cap value, and it's doing real well, which it's likely to do, at least based on history, you would then have a lot of money potentially in that asset class when you reach 65. And maybe it'll be 
too much in that asset class because small cap value is meant to be more aggressive, and that's the reason that you're potentially going to make more money. You just need to control your exposure to it. And so a friend, a friend Chris Pedersen, developed this strategy called Two Funds for Life, where you combine a small cap fund, a small cap value fund if you can, with an appropriate amount of the target date fund. Now, here's where age 40 comes in. I want the investor that wants to go this route to multiply their age by 1.5. When you do that, and if you're age 40, that would be 60. And that's the percentage you would put into the target date fund. And once a year, you would make an adjustment. You'd have in the first year, 60% in the target date fund, 40% in the small cap value. The next year, you would put a little more, 1.5 times 41 in the balance in small cap value. And by the time you're 50, you'd have 75% in the target date fund, 25% in the small cap value. When you're 60, you'd have 90% in the target date fund and 10% in small cap value. And when you're 66, there you are standing alone with your target date fund, all of the small cap value gone. Now, let me assure you, James, if you have the experience that I've had, I'm 76 and I still have small cap value in my portfolio because I found the reason that it makes sense to put small cap value in. And every academic that I know that looks at how to build a, a proper asset allocation to get the best unit of return per unit of risk has some small cap value in there. So... It does what you want it to do. This formula does it, but you've got to do a little work. Now, if you want to get an idea of how much more money you're likely to make, and I know some of the people hearing this uh, particular response to your question, maybe they're in their 20s, and they'll have more time to let that small cap value work for them, and some people maybe are already 60, and the small cap value is not going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot because there aren't too many more years left to retirement. But you are still at a good age, I believe, to be able to do this. But if you want to know more, go to Two Funds for Life, the number two fundsforlife.com. And I've got a video there, and I've got podcasts and articles and uh, lots of information to help you if you want to take on this project to, uh, uh, to, to put, it, put it to work. So I hope that helps. I hope you see how we're trying to help people do the very thing you're concerned about, and that is to wind down to a safe landing at retirement. And Don, thanks for uh, letting me chime in and, and help one of your listeners. 
And to the rest of the listeners, I look forward to being able to say hi to you and share some information with you at Retire Meet. I am so excited to be part of the team to help you have a better financial future. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> of course, your answer is far more detailed than I would have given. So uh, I hope you you guys appreciate all that work. Thanks. Thanks again. And yeah, we will see Paul at Retire Meet in February in uh, Bellevue, Washington. Great place to vacation in February. So yeah. Come on out. There's nothing else to do. Come see Retire Me. Uh, let's see. Oh, 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 okay. Wait, we've got a, got another. This this call's very, very short. This call's very short, really short. Hello. I would like to know where can I purchase U.S. government bonds. Uh, that's my question. Thank you. This one's really easy, too. You can get them two ways. You can get them directly through a program called Treasury Direct, and that is at treasurydirect.gov. Or you can purchase Treasury securities through any broker, full-service broker, discount broker. You're going to pay a commission or a fee to do that, but you can buy them through them. So there are basically two ways to do it, directly, treasurydirect.gov, or through your broker. And we're on a roll now, so let's... Squeeze in another one. Hey, Don and Tom. This is Matt from Utah. Hey, I just wanted to clear up something from a podcast that you recently did. <clears throat> it was from your radio show as well. You mentioned that the total Fidelity Bond Index Fund was 45 basis points, and that is incorrect. Uh, the total bond market index fund from Fidelity, FXNAX, is 0.025 basis points. I just wanted to clear that up for uh, other Fidelity investors like myself to know that uh, that bond fund is only two basis points, not 45. Uh, another thing I wanted to say is more of a question, which is Jack Bogle, before he passed away, he advocated for an all-U.S. portfolio and that if you went into international, it should only be 20%. Uh, same philosophy as the Boglehead group. You guys suggest more of a 45% tilt to international. Um, some people talk about international diversi diversification being a benefit, while that camp suggests more of that, or Jack Bogle suggests more that it was more international risk uh, with the currency. So I'd like you to talk about that, and um, it's something I think about and wonder about and wonder which would be the right way to go. So anyway, thanks for all you guys do. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. I really appreciate the correction, and you're absolutely right. We were in a rush during the show. I went in and looked up Fidelity Total Bond Fund, not bond index. Fidelity Total Bond is an actively managed, more of an actively managed fund, so it has much higher expenses. The Fidelity Total Bond Index is uh, just the index, so it has much lower expenses, the total bond fund has a higher yield, far more aggressive, though, dramatically more aggressive and a lot more expensive. So you're absolutely right. We need to correct that. And thank you for doing that. As to your question about internationals, this is a great question because we talked. We talked to John Bogle. Tom and I, I've talked to him personally, uh, individually. This is a question that's come up over and over again. He used to say you shouldn't have any money overseas. 
He was just a big believer in investing in the United States. He came around a little bit toward the end and said, well, maybe 25%. I think the currency argument is spurious. I really do, particularly when you're talking about developed markets. Yes, we could have all kinds of dramatic currency fluctuation in, in developing markets, emerging markets. But in the developed markets, there tends not to be a great deal of currency fluctuation, and it works itself out over time. Short term, sure, it can be very painful. But the long term numbers don't back up his assertion that it's a problem. They really don't. As a matter of fact, the long term data supports a more appropriate portfolio allocation uh, uh, that matches up with the market capitalization of those various markets. And right now that's about 55, 45. And that's what we continue to suggest. Uh, as a matter of fact, back in the two, early 2000s, before he came around on any international, if you'd followed Bogle's advice, he's, he, he, he's not always right. They're tr we treat him a little bit like he's a He's a deity, and, and he's just a guy who had a really good idea about indexing, and he's a very smart man and a good man. But he wasn't infallible, and he was wrong about the S&P 500. He was right, right up until he was wrong. The S&P 500 had been great, but then came the 2000s when for 10 long years, the Standard & Poor's 500, which is where he used to say you should put all your money, actually lost investors over an entire decade called the Lost Decade. We don't want you to experience a lost decade, but we don't know when's the best time to be in whatever markets. So therefore, we default to a global allocation. Thank you very much for both your correction and your call. And now let's uh, take our final question for the day. Remember, you can call us anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And let's do this one. Hi, Tom and Don. Love your show. Um somewhat new listener, and I've listened to quite a bit of the podcast. I have several questions, but um, the first is I've been very interested in hearing that the new rules around the inherited IRAs and the fact that you have to take it all out within 10 years now if you're a non-spouse, you know, if you inherit the IRA. And uh, I'm, I'm not in that position right now, but it just I thought that was a big change. And you might have already talked about it. The second thing I would love to hear more about is uh, Marshawn Lynch's last uh, chance at the podium there after the game the other day when he used the time to talk about uh, financial planning and um, saving money for the future, which I thought was really great. And if you want uh if you want, I transcribed his entire uh, statement, which wasn't easy. Uh, and the third question I have, I think you've brought up before, people have brought up before, is about, um, you know, I, I put money into my IRA until I hit my limit every year, and, and then I, as I get more money, what should I do with, with it until January 1st the next year when I put more in? Um, I guess I could just put it in a money market. I put, last year I put it in a Vanguard the Vanguard Balanced Fund, and it did really well. But, um, of course, that could have gone down, too. So, anyway, that's my third question. Uh, my name is Will, and I am in Bellevue. Thank you. Bye-bye. Starting at the beginning, 
the uh, Secure Act, which is what we're talking about. Yeah, it disallowed what was called a stretch IRA. You can't give your IRA to someone after you die and and let them take it out over their life expectancy unless it's your spouse. Now it has to be taken out within 10 years. We have talked about that before. Two, I hate to say this, but I was not aware of Marshawn Lynch's comments until today. I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you get over there and you can do what the you want to. So I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, you go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals. Because, look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, you know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know what I mean? They no longer here no more. They no longer. So, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away and you be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. That little clip is thanks to Como News in Seattle. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I admit I had to do some translation because I'm at a disadvantage. Uh, one, I'm not, a, I'm not in Seattle, but that doesn't really affect my translation of that. I had no idea what he was talking about when he's talking about chicken until I looked it up. And then I found out it's slang for uh, money. So you're supposed to take care of your money. His message is a good one. And it really is for other NFL players, but it's really for anybody who is going to gets a big windfall in their life. And NFL players do, but they don't, they don't get a lifelong income from football. It's limited. You only have X number of years and you got to be lucky enough and good enough for it to even happen in the first place. So, He's saying, take care of your money. Do some solid financial planning. And for most people, that doesn't mean going to your buddy and getting into some hot investment with him. It means building a plan for the future. And we believe with a very diversified portfolio that's going to be right for your tolerance for risk. And that may be different if you're, a, you're an NFL player. But anyway, thanks, Marshawn. And the last part, if you're going to be putting it into an IRA later, well, you know, you might as well go ahead and put it into the kind of fund you're going to be putting it into anyway, if you can get that same custodian to, to if you can go to your custodian and, and just move the money, you'll have a taxable event. Yes, you will. And it may go down. Sure, it might. But rather than having it sit in a money market for up to a year, wasting away, making little or nothing, why not go ahead and have it in, as you said, a balanced fund or something similar? And yeah, you may take a hit, but if you'd put it in the IRA, you would have taken a hit there and not gotten a tax write-off. At least if you take a hit outside of an IRA, you get a write-off. Although if it goes way up, you will have to pay taxes. But really, is paying taxes so bad when you've made money? I don't think so. Well, thank you all for being a part of this episode. Thanks for making it one of the most fun podcasts I remember doing in a long time. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the question for Paul. Thank you, Paul, for the answer. 
Thanks for the uh, comment about Marshawn Lynch. I just, it's really been fun. I've enjoyed it. This show is really a show to share with your friends and family members and the like. And, uh, you know, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe or click the heart button at Spotify or whatever it might be on whatever service you're listening to them on. And thanks so, so much for listening to Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.